This is the Ivy Retirement Podcast with Peter Laufenberg from the Ivy League Advisory Group. When a part of your financial strategy is out of tune, your long-term goals, your retirement savings, and your legacy can all suffer. With many years of experience in the financial industry, Peter provides his clients and prospects with the information they need regarding social security, retirement income planning, wealth management, and much more. Listen in as we address your financial concerns and provide helpful strategies to put you on the path to achieving your retirement goals. And now, here is the Ivy Retirement Podcast with Peter Laufenberg. Hello and welcome back to the Ivy Retirement Podcast. My name is Peter Laufenberg from the Ivy League Advisory Group. If you'd like more information about what you hear during the show today, give me a call at 866-360-2724 or visit us online at theivag.com. And while on the website, check out the podcast page to see past shows and to subscribe to our program on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. And please don't hesitate to reach out to us if you have any questions or you'd like to set up a face-to-face or virtual meeting. Now, last podcast, we started to discuss changes to retirement over the the years, right? What's changed since our parents or grandparents retired? Well, today I want to finish that discussion. I also want to have a bit of fun and think about what retirement may look like in, let's say, 2035. But before we dive into that topic, I want to welcome in my co-host, Tony. Tony, how are you today? Great, but I already can answer that question. In 2035, (laughs) what's retirement going to look like? Self-driving cars. Oh, <laughs> while you're jumping ahead on us, come on. Self-driving trucks. So okay. in 60 minutes. Okay. Uh, well, I guess we can, we can cut that whole part of the podcast out then, Tony. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's not really retirement changes exactly or directly, but uh, yeah. we can get into that in a bit here. But yeah, I mean, we had a great discussion last week and we're going to talk about some more changes this week and do a little recap. But uh, I've had a great week. Thanks for having me on the show, Peter. Uh, it's been a good one, but busy. How about you? What's going on over there? Yeah, no, it's uh, it's been a good week. Thanks for asking. You know, as we were chit-chatting before the show got going, uh, as we're entering here mid-August and the back-to-school thing is starting to ramp up, but, uh, you know, there's still uh, time to do stuff with the family, which we did this last week, and so it's good. Things have been good. Business has been busy. You can't really complain, so... Well, where is the summer gone? I can't believe it's already <laughs> mid-August, right? I mean, I it's just like, I can't believe football season is starting and uh, crazy. I do love fall and I love uh, watching yep. pro football. So that's nice. Oh. I mean, but that's not my whole life. I just, it's uh, one nice thing about this time of year. I do love fall, but um, yeah. we do have a few weeks of summer yet. So you're right. Let's enjoy them. Now, last week you were talking about rising healthcare costs as being another uh, part of retirement that's changing, right? Yeah, I mean, that's exactly right, Tony. And just want to kind of recap, you know, where we left off, right? Uh, to kind of set the plate about the the concept of rising healthcare costs. So if you think about it, during the last couple of decades, between uh, 1992 and 2018, the per capita healthcare spending in this country has jumped from $5,100 all the way up to $11,000. That's wow. quite a jump. That's almost doubled, yeah, right? It and is unfortunately, yeah, and unfortunately, that that trajectory of healthcare costs is likely to continue. And uh, let's hope it's on a straight line. Let's hope it doesn't accelerate faster than that. And the truth of the matter is, when you think about retirement and healthcare costs over a lifetime, right? If you look like uh, research shows, if you look at a couple um, that is sixty-five and and they retire between sixty-five and when they pass away, uh, um, 
you know, based on actuary tables, right? Their, their natural lifetime, they will spend very likely a half a million dollars on healthcare. And that does wow. not even include long-term care costs, right. Right? right? Now, a lot of that cost is going to be picked up by Medicare, but a lot of it is also going to be picked up by um, savings, whether it's through um, siphoning money off of the streams of income that you have coming in, the fixed the fixed incomes or whether it means you're dipping into retirement accounts to help offset some of those healthcare costs. And again, that does not include long-term care expenses, which is an important thing to think about when you're, you're creating a retirement plan. So that, that should, and the point is not to scare people, but I can tell you time and time again, Tony, when I sit down with clients, the number one thing after figuring out how they're going to create income for retirement, the next logical questions. Well, what am I going to do about healthcare? And these numbers aren't meant to scare people again, but they're just to to make it clear that, Hey, look, this is an expense that when you're younger, you don't really think about, but as you get into retirement, it's something you're going to have to deal with more and more. Yeah. And, and again, you mentioned long-term care there, something like that is another reason you really need to be working with a financial services professional like yourself. So you have a strategy to deal with these healthcare expenses and especially things like long-term care. And that way you'll feel more confident about the years ahead. Yeah, absolutely. And long-term care is one of the things that often gets overlooked um, and people underestimate. And there's a lot of ways that, to, as I say, skin that cat and deal with those costs. And, and we won't get into them today, but you're right. Sitting down with a professional that's going to be able to map out your retirement, but also make sure that you have some sort of plan be flexible, but at least some sort of plan or contingency or an idea how you're going to deal with some of these long-term costs is important without a doubt. Yeah, for sure. So what do you have next? What's another thing that's changed? Yeah. So another thing that that has changed that from our parents and grandparents retiring is Medicare Part D, the prescription plan coverage um, that has you know changed and popped up in the last quarter of century. So a lot of people have heard about the Medicare Prescription Drug Improvement and Modernization Act of 2003, right? Which it was passed into law in 2003 and went into effect in 2006. And it's huge because it provides millions of Americans with new options for getting their prescriptions. Specifically, the law implemented uh, what we know today as Medicare Part D coverage, which allows private sector drug plans uh, that are regulated by Medicare um, to help people with their prescriptions and hopefully lower the cost of those prescriptions over time. Because as again, as you get older, the likelihood of having some sort of prescription increases. So this was this was not an option that um, folks had up until about 2006, like I mentioned. So it is a change and it's one of those things that, you know, goes into the whole creating a retirement plan and understanding, um, you know, how things have evolved and changed over time. Right. And that is so important. I think it's fair to say that Medicare Part D has made a positive impact on the retirement of a lot of Americans. And that's, that's a positive change right there. Yeah, absolutely. And Part D isn't the only titanic change that's come to Medicare in the last 25 years. Medicare Advantage plans, for example, began to gain traction in the late 1990s and have become another tool that a lot of retirees rely on, right? Also called Medicare Part C, these are private plans, again, regulated by Medicare, that provide the policyholder with additional services. You often see these Medicare Advantage policies billed as all-in-one plans because they provide an enhanced coverage beyond the traditional Medicare for things like dental and vision. But keep in mind that these plans require you to pay additional premiums. 
uh, though there's little question that these plans are, are popular and they're important, it, it, they're complex, like anything um, that goes with, unfortunately goes with the government plan. So it's important to understand when, when you're getting towards retirement, you know, Medicare isn't as simple as it used to be. You pick, you know, you had part A and part B, they've rolled out these part C and part D plans that uh, uh, allow people to add on and expand their healthcare coverage and help them deal with those costs. But obviously it also makes the situation more complex and it's, it helps to have someone there working with you to figure things out. Well, right. And I think that's important. Now, one thing I wanted to point out is a lot of people I know who are retired or nearing retirement age, it seems like a lot of them end up retiring later or plan on retiring later than people used to retire. Have you noticed that trend? Yeah, I would. Uh, I certainly have noticed that. And and what's also funny, Tony, is as people sit down and they create a plan and they tell me I want to retire at 67 and we create a plan and every couple, every year we have an annual review, that number gets notched back, right? They retire, they may be retiring early or, or they've realized, Hey, I have to retire later. So the first piece of that is things are changing because I think people are creating plans more, but your observation, right? That, that people are pushing things a little later is backed up by data. So for example, in, in 1990, 38% of Americans between the ages of 62 and 64, we're still working. Today, that number has jumped up to 53%. Furthermore, in, in 1997, we'll use that as a point, 57% of men began receiving Social Security at age 62 at the earliest possible point. But today, that number um, of men taking their benefit at age 62 has dropped by a third, right? The, the driving force behind this is probably twofold. One, most people are choosing to work longer because they expect to live longer, right? For many Americans, the idea of, of 25 or 30 year retirement isn't appealing. I don't know why that may be. <laughs> it's appealing to me, but that, that's what the studies are finding. So they've decided to work a couple more years. Secondly, I think it's because people, we've talked about this in other podcasts, people also haven't necessarily saved enough money for retirement. And so they're having to work a little bit longer so they can put more money in the kitty to be able to pull off the retirement plans that they have. And so again, it goes hand in hand with having a plan and sitting down with someone and figuring out, okay, is this doable or just shooting by the seat of your pants and and figuring out as you go. Right. Yeah. I think that's uh, hugely important and having a plan and a written plan in place, working with somebody like yourself. And I think this has been a great topic so far, but let's let our listeners know how they can get that plan in place. Yeah. So, so again, if you're interested in creating a retirement plan, right, one that is holistic in approach. And what I mean by that is, is making sure we take a look at, okay, how are we going to create income that's going to be sustainable and last for your lifetime? How are we going to manage investments that are going to still grow yet, you know, not necessarily take on a lot of risk because you don't have a, you know, you don't have a lot of time to necessarily make up losses in your accounts. How do we make sure we maximize social security and minimize taxation? Um, and also take a look at healthcare costs and, and long-term care, right? Creating a plan that is holistic, that is complete, that's going to guarantee that your retirement is going to be the way you want it to be. Um, you know, sit down, sitting down and making a plan is important, and, and that's what I, I do, and that's what I love working with people on. So give us a call, 866-360-2724, or visit us online at theivag.com, and we can set up an appointment and start that conversation towards... Um, creating a plan that's going to be a great uh, roadmap for your retirement. Right. 
a retirement roadmap. That's what we all need. And and you've been examining some of the significant ways that that map has been changed uh, over the last 25 years. They've changed some routes on us. So what do you have for us next? <laughs> yeah. So so as I said in the beginning, Tony, of the, uh, the top of the podcast, I just wanted to kind of have some fun and think about possibilities down the road of what you know, retirement will look like in 2035 and, and see what that means for people, whether on healthcare or, or driving around in self-driving cars or what have you. And and I thought it would be fun just to think about that. And, and financially, you know, who knows where things are going to go? We'll just assume everyone's saving money. But I think when we, we look forward to 2035 or retirement, the future of it, it's going to really be more about making life easier for, for retirees, making it easier for, for um, senior citizens. For example, um, I recently read an article that by 2030 or by 2035, someone in there, your health, you know, your health care is going to be regularly monitored. So your vital statistics, you know, whether you're wearing an Apple Watch or a Fitbit or something that hasn't even been invented yet, they'll be able to record your vital signs, right? And, and your 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 heart monitor, your blood levels, your blood sugar, blood pressure, blood all, you know, um, heartbeat, heart rate, all those types of things, and be able to relay it to your doctor in real time. This is huge, right? Because it gives um, a quality of life issue um, to folks so that if something's going wrong, someone can be on top of that before it gets even worse. And by 2035, what that means for you in retirement, if someone is able to monitor your health or check in on it, then that means your quality of life is going to, you know, probably vastly improve during your retirement years, which is a pretty cool prospect. Yeah. Well, it's very cool. So I, I like that. I mean, technology is going to help us out. Uh, you know, uh, not just self-driving cars. I assume we'll, <laughs> well I, I assume by twenty thirty-five we'll have lightsabers. But that's well, I hope we do. <laughs> I mean, that would be awesome. But you know, we joke about the self-driving cars, Tony. But it is it is an a, an interesting topic. You know, by that sure. point, you know, it, you know, we should have be closer to self-driving cars, especially for for people in urban and suburban areas. For I live in rural America, it's going to be a little more difficult. But in urban and suburban areas, self-driving cars make sense, especially for the crowd that's you know seventy-five years or older, right? Because uh, statistics show that that group uh, of people accidents go, uh, there's more accidents in that age group than there are teenage drivers. And wow. so a self-driving car is going to be able to uh, provide health and safety for these, for these folks. And quite frankly, if, if you can't drive, if you're 80 or 85 and you can't drive anymore, but you can pull up on your, an app or, or tell your, you know, tell Alexa, Hey, I like, I need to go to the grocery store and the car can get you there and back without ever you ever having to do something. That's a huge boost, to the quality of life, uh, for a senior citizen. And, and I think, you know, we joke about the self-driving sure. car, but if we can get there, that's a, that's another thing that's going to help, uh, help that retire those, those who are in later retirement years. Well, yeah. Transportation in retirement is always a concern. And self-driving cars might be one answer to that. So that's one huge change uh, coming up to retirement planning uh, that is going to be helpful. Uh, what about people who are considering, you know, who consider getting rid of their car and its expenses altogether in retirement? Well, yeah, and I think that option is going to be 
even more developed, right? Because you're already seeing it, for example, with drone deliveries, right? Let's say you're, you don't have a car, you're stuck at home, or you're just at home because uh, you decided not to have that expense and, and you need something quick and you used to just hop in a car, you go down to the grocery store, the convenience store and pick it up. We're getting to the point and you see this with companies like Amazon and stuff of doing drone drone deliveries, right? You put your order in and two hours later, they've dropped something on your front door and, and it was a drone. A person didn't come with a truck. And I think as time goes on and, and articles and, and technology reports confirm this fact, those types of deliveries um, are going to be more and more what you see, especially again in urban and suburban areas where there's a warehouse, they pick it up and drop it at your door. And let's say, you know, your grandkids stop over and they forgot something. Um, you can quickly hop online, get some, you know, bubble baths, <laughs> bubble bath supplies and quickly have that bubble bath with the, for the grandkids that in the that in uh, a pastime you wouldn't be able to do because you couldn't get things shipped to your door really fast. You know, I, I think thinking about those things and, and improving the quality of the li- of life for people is key for when we think about technology in 2035. Um, a perfect example, I'll say, is, is my mom. You know, my mom's a widow. She's 75, lives by herself and does great. But I think of all the things we're talking about today would just make would as her son, I'd feel a lot more comfortable with all these pieces of technology helping her. But she would also have an even better quality of life if if technology could make her life more seamless at age 75. Yeah, that's a that's a great point. And so. Uh, obviously there are a lot of changes coming and, uh, uh, you know, technology is fueling some of these changes, uh, uh, new laws, and, uh, it's easy to see how valuable, like those kinds of delivery services are going to be for retirees. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. And I think in the last one, I think that's going to be incredibly important. And you talk, you talked about this, Tony, before, especially as we get older and we end up staying at home more, right? Um, more often than not, we're, I don't want to say housebound isn't the right term, but you, you see folks that are older, they end up tending sure. to stay home. But if we start having smart houses, right, we have houses that, you know, uh, folks are able to tell appliances what to do, or if they leave their stove on, or they left the uh, garage door open, or they need to get something off the top shelf. And all these things are automated so that they can easily say, hey, Siri, or hey, Alexa, you know, um, can I, can you get me this or where can I find it? Or I need to, to check on X, Y, Z. And, and these smart houses are able to do that. It's all about making sure, um, you know, retirees, their life is easier. And especially if they're separated from family, imagine going through what we just did with COVID, right? And you're not able to see uh, your your parents who are retirees, but you're able to help them with any of these smart technologies, either be able to see them or talk to them, but also to check in and say, hey, you know, what's going on with uh, the fact that uh, the refrigerator's been running or the stove's been left on or those types of things. And if we can get to a point where you have smart houses that can help retirees, that's going to be huge uh, down the road. And I think that's a prospect by 2035 that we should be well on the way to, if not already uh, arrived at that point. Right. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. And I think that's a really good one. Uh, you know, and uh, healthcare and retirement's a big one. We talked about that and technology, how that's going to help. And I think this has been a great discussion. We're almost out of time for today's show. Is there anything else you want to talk about? No, Tony, the only thing I would say is I think, you know, obviously having a plan is important. Having enough money 
Um, to be able to make sure you can pull off retirement the way you want to is important. Sitting down with someone to talk with them about that so that when you get to 2035 and, and some of this cool technology, some of the healthcare um, advances um, that will probably take place in, in the next 15 years, you can reap the benefits that, that you're at a point where you're retired, you're comfortable, and you can enjoy the fact that some of this technology has really made your life easier. Um, it's all going to come because you have some sort of plan and you sat down with a financial service professional. So, you know, again, creating a plan, um, talking to a financial service professional is going to be key. Give us a call, 866-360-2724. Uh, or visit us online at the IBAG.com and, and we can sit down and have a conversation either in person or, or virtually. All right. That sounds really great, Peter. Thanks for that. And listeners, that does it for today's episode of the Ivy Retirement Podcast with our host, Peter Loffenberg. Thanks, Tony. Thanks, everyone. Have a good week. Thank you for listening to the Ivy Retirement Podcast. Don't pay too much for taxes or retire without a sound income plan. For more information, please contact Peter Loffenberg at the Ivy League Advisory Group. Call 866-360-2724 or visit them online at theivyag.com. Investment advisory services offered through the Ivy League Advisory Group, LLC. Tilton, New Hampshire, 866-360-2724. A registered investment advisor registered in the state of New Hampshire and Vermont. Peter Loffenberg and the Ivy League Advisory Group, LLC, are not affiliated with or endorsed by the Social Security Administration or any other government agency. All matters discussed during this show are for informational purposes only. Each individual situation may vary and the opinions expressed here may not apply to everyone. Materials presented are believed to be from reliable sources and no representations can be made as to its accuracy. All ideas and information should be discussed in detail with one of our qualified representatives prior to implementation.